good afternoon. Hello, Alan. What's your favorite morning greeting or like day greeting? Is it good? good Salutations, my dearest. Ooh, that's pretty good. Um, Your son woke me up this morning with a nice tint. Wake up. (laughs) That was pretty cute. Wake up now. Wake up now, tint. Yeah, he uh, he he loves a good wake up, man. That I don't remember. I don't remember ever being happy to wake up. I'm still not. No, I know, but like there was one. I think there was one like era of your life where you were so amped in the morning. Yeah, he's in it. He's in that era. He's stoked. Yeah, hates going to bed. Loves waking up. What a great place to be. Just like. Ah, yes, yes, the day is starting. I can go ch- run around and play with my toys. Play with my trucks. Wow. Wake up, Uncle Dean. Wake up, Uncle Dean. Time to wake up now. Yeah. I don't know. I think I still like to, I mean, I, I want to like to wake up and be refreshed and feeling great about. Yes. I think when I like, actually, when I get to act, when I like know that I'm going on set and getting to do the thing that I love the most, I wake up no matter what time. And that's probably just because I'm still like Feeling green good. at it. Mm-hmm. I think people that have been doing it for a long time are just like, God damn it, here we go again. But I'm like always just like charged. Like even if I didn't get any sleep, it's like, yes, dude, I get to act today. This uh, is yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's for you on a show day or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, if I'm, uh, if I get good rest, yeah, um, I think that's the most important part for me is if I go to sleep at a reasonable hour and uh, get a full like REM cycle. Yeah. My problem is that I'm too, I I got too many screens going towards the end of the eve. I know. And that like LED craziness just doesn't allow my body to go to sleep. Like there was one month of my life where I was like, okay, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to read. And I got into this Ruby Ridge book. Yeah. Um, that uh, our friend Jess Walter wrote and, uh, going to bed was way easier. But it like, like puts I'm, you to sleep reading. It does, but it's also not like I feel like the TV, especially in the dark. You're in the dark and the TV's going and you're just like your eyes, it does something to my eyes that yeah. make it so but it's it's sometimes it's different. Sometimes I'll sit in front of the TV like it'll put me to sleep. Yeah. And then I'll have a great night's rest. It's like it's I don't know. It's, it's funny how there's so many. It's funny me. how there's so many simple tasks that you can do to make your life easier that we just don't. At least me, I don't participate in. Similar, like like I was. I tried to do put my phone in another room when I went to sleep. Yeah. Like before I went to bed, put my phone in another room so I wouldn't go to sleep looking at my phone and I wouldn't wake up looking at my phone. Right, right, right. Because I do that, and I did it for one day. Right. And I, I was like, cool, it worked. And I've, and I've done the reading before and when reading is very helpful and it works. And I did it for one day and then I brought the phone back in the next night. And I was like, oh, you know, there's stuff I got to do. There's nothing I need to do. <laughs> like there's never anything I need to do. Yeah. And then it's just like, I didn't make that a habit. And then all of a sudden I was just back. It was this one day of doing it. And it's just all the things that prove how much of an addict you are to your devices is just concerning and sucks and it makes me like god why can't i why isn't this just it's very easy it is easy if you just decide to do it but you just always find a reason to just do it the wrong way have you ever uh thought about getting a phone that's less colorful there's these phones out um called are they called the simple phone but it's essentially all it does will make phone calls send texts I think it'll give you directions um, and you can read email, but it's not like a Samsung or an iPhone where it's just like the most colorful, beautiful thing you've ever seen. Um, It's kind of dull. So when you pull it out, you utilize it more so as what it should be utilized for, which is a tool versus like a distraction. Like for me... I think if I, if I were to equate all of the time I've spent on my phone that's wasted and like at times I will <clears throat> kind of spin it to make it a pot. Oh, well, I'm, you know, I've got to be I'm on, connecting with this person on social I, media yeah, yeah. and you know, that's a vessel towards getting people to notice you got to figure this out. But like if I actually was being honest with myself about how much time I wasted 
um, in meaningless scrolling. I've only had a phone for what, like 10 years now, maybe. I bet I've got at least six months of time. You might be surprised, man, with how much more it might be. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but like, I mean, six months is a lot. It's a lot to think about quantifying your life in that capacity. Like how much time of that 10 years did I sleep? Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's 24 hours in a day. There's 365 days in a year. So that's, you can do good math like that in your head. Uh, yeah, but I can't do it right now. It was like, is that 700 hours? You're talking about, you're talking about uh, how many hours there are. How many hours in in a year? year. Yeah. Uh, 365 by 24, uh, 600, 700, 700 something. We're going to sound like idiots. It's got to be more than 700. 8,760. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get 700? 365. Uh, we're taking, I don't know, we're idiots here. Yeah, we're not. We're, we're on the spot too. Like it's impossible to do a complex math on the spot. While no, you're it shouldn't being... be. It shouldn't be. Oh, um, okay, so there's 700. It's a, what is it like? Uh, 621. It's 8,000. 8,760 times 10. That's 80,000. 87,600 uh, hours in 10 years. So half of that, relatively or close to it, is spent sleeping. Mm-hmm. So 40,000 of that is. You're not, you know, you can't waste that. Yeah. And then every day while I'm taking a, taking a number two, I'm at least scrolling for, t- <laughs> how, for 25 minutes. How can we put the emphasis on the number? Number two. <laughs> on the number two. <laughs> uh, I wanted people to, to know. <laughs> that there's numbers? I didn't want to emphasize two. Because uh, my bowel movements aren't that great. They're <laughs> pretty iffy. Um at least 20 minutes of that every day is spent just like mindlessly scrolling. Yeah. Nowadays, it's either on Zillow or uh, my news feed. It's less on social media because it's like social media nowadays is just confusing to me. Right. And I don't, I, it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. um, but is still the only vessel that I think we actually have as creators to like reach an audience base. Yeah. Um, I'd say maybe more, maybe eight months, maybe eight months of maybe my a life. Full year, who bro, knows? One tenth <laughs> of the last ten years of your life spent like is wasted. I've definitely had the the tracker of how like many hours I've looked at my phone in a day before. We did that for each other once. We like put each other's passwords on. Oh, yeah. I still have it on mine. Was it? It's, it's it per was week hour. though. No, it's per day. It like shuts you down, but then you can just ignore. If you no, want to. Right. But like the screen time thing that I enjoy is how, what do you average in a day? Yeah. <clears throat> the bugger is though that it counts from your computer as well. Like, I'm not mindlessly scrolling on my computer. Right. I only mindlessly scroll on my phone. Yeah. Um, your phone's set up for that, dude. It's just like flick, 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 spinny, yeah. spinny, color, 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 color. I know. Computer, I'm actually getting stuff done. I'm I'm making music. I'm I'm editing videos. I'm editing pictures. I'm doing yeah. ad mats. Like, so it's, I, I there must be a way for you to only do it on your phone, mm-hmm. and to see how much time. I bet on my phone it it's less, especially with now that I'm a parent. Yeah, I just it's less important to me. It's the the phone scrolling and wasting time is less important to me. It's more important to me to like utilize the little bit of time I have to create something that matters. Um, so I think the mass majority of my screen time would come from the computer, yeah. which I think it all gets added into the same thing. Cause man, there's moments where I'm like, dude, I was, I was averaging five hours a like day. Eight at one point. I was like, what is wrong with me? Well, this th- is the majority of my day. Right. I think that's though. I think, like I said, your computer gets added into that. Yeah. So if there's a way to like, figure out how much you're on the phone. I would imagine the phone is way more wasted time than the computer. Yeah. Do you envy people that don't use social media at all? Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I just envy people who have uh, more self-control than I do. I have yeah. no discipline. I have no discipline and self-control. I mean, I don't know if that's fully true. It's just in, in, in different areas. I'm an extremist, so I have... Great discipline and then... Or no discipline. Or none at yeah. all. Yeah, you're an extremist. You're either like fully 
150 miles an hour in the wrong direction or yeah. just like or like 12 miles per hour in the right one if that's as fast as i can bump go bump 30s <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm going slow on the freeway man i'm just riding dirty <laughs> top down screaming out money ain't it bad <laughs> like just pushing his car on the yeah. side of the freeway yeah but look i'm trying to go in the right direction it's man working way harder than yeah. smarter <laughs> every time <laughs> Every time he's got AAA too, he's got the platinum <laughs> yeah. platinum service. He's yeah. like, no, I'm gonna push this thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> god damn it. I don't know why we started talking about that, but I, I would venture to guess that both of us have wasted a good amount of our time. We were talking about it because we were talking about waking up and just looking at our phones and trying to find like ways to. We, were, we started by saying like, "What's your favorite morning salutation?" Yeah, and then we got caught up on like you know waking up and dropping our phones on our faces because that's the first thing we look at, and then. You know, social media and where it all takes us and how easy it would be to not actually access our phones in the morning and at night and try to get like a nice, easy sleep by reading and putting our phones in another room and being disciplined humans who don't have addictions to their devices. I feel like my, my evening routine, though, is very much so that I'm I'm missing out on something like hmm. it's hard for me to go to sleep because I feel like that's time that I'm missing out on. Yeah. Like it's hard for me to just like turn my brain off, slow it down enough to go, okay, it's okay to sleep. Yeah. Like the end of the night, that's like seemingly, at least in my adult life, my only me time. Yeah. Is like right before I'm going to bed. And if I don't utilize that time for me, which sleep is the best me time, right. but you're not conscious for it. So you don't like get to choose where you're headed or what you're doing. Right. I think that's all my conundrum constantly with sleep is like, no, this is like the only time I have to do whatever I want. Yeah. Is like the hour before I go to bed. I can watch a, a show. I can play a video game. I can like mindlessly scroll if I want same with the toilet toilet should take five minutes for me but it you it's about a 25 minute ritual for me in the morning feet are asleep you stand can't walk up and fall right back down yeah you can't walk like below my calves it's just it's tingly juicy and that's because it's like my time yeah and uh it's precious yeah your time is precious for sure um but just even like those are such nice moments too sometimes when you're just like just taking a poop. Yeah, just taking a it's poop, like, oh turning your brain off and scrolling. I mean, yeah, that's essentially what you're doing Like when you watch a show or when you watch, unless it's like a documentary or something that's really heavy and deep. For me, what a TV show or what scrolling does is just literally like shut off my frontal cortex right. so that it's not right. just pinging going, hey, uh, you're not doing enough. Your life is not good enough. Well, probably what, what we're not realizing is that it's actually counter-effective and it's making our oh, brains absolutely. ping. Oh, absolutely. That much more. It's just, you know, putting all of this information into our brains. It's actually putting us back right into that space for when we fall asleep and are just like, I was, that's what my problem the other night. I was just like sitting in my bed, dude, just like my brain was spinning mm. out of control yeah. without the ability to stop it. I just, I was, I was telling you, like I was saying out loud in bed by myself, like, come on, please, God, just come on, stop. It's like, who's going to hear me? <laughs> me? And what am I going to do about it? Like, it was crazy, man. I hate those it's nights. worst. Because you go, you, you're like, um, the mind trap that I get into is like, I need sleep. If I don't get sleep, then I'm screwed. Yeah. And trying to sleep is like impossible. Yeah. And that, then you're just, right. Oh my God. I'm, I'm not going to fall asleep. I'm not going to have enough rest. I'm paranoid about that I need to sleep. I can't sleep. It's like, yeah. oh God. And then you think about what the next day is going to be like. And then it was always yeah. two. I wonder if the people that are listening right now are like, dude, these guys got some issues. They got to figure it out. And they, and maybe, you know, send us some, send us some ideas. If you guys got some, I mean, that's the thing. We know exactly what we need to do to be better at our sleeping. If, if, People are listening to this, and this is their first show ever listening yeah. to. Wow! <laughs> um, if you have been with us this far, they're already aware. Yeah, of yeah, all they are of all of all our neuroses, <laughs> neuroses, and tumultuous relationship with life. Um, 
I think, though, it's a good time to start the show. Let's start the show. Let's do it. How good's this? How good? This. How good? This. How good's this? A teacher is building confidence in her students. One heartwarming look in the mirror at a time. Is it a, Can we show this video? Did, are you the one that said if you don't put like uh, if you don't audio, put the, if you don't put the audio, but then like I don't know if the clothes I'll, I can, kept, we'll I just can read walk it. us through it because we'll I know because I know it. It's it's great. This nope. <clears throat> let me read it first okay. and then we'll walk people through it. The fourth uh, in Atlanta. This is CNN. The fourth graders walk up to a full-length mirror, one after the other, at a, so- at a school in southwest Atlanta. I'm smart, a girl in braids says. I'm a good person, a boy donning a mask adds. A bespeckled boy follows with, I'm strong and independent, before hurriedly walking away. In the background, their teacher, Nefeteria? Nefeteria? Nefeteria Acker holds up the mirror in front of the kids and cheers them on. Yes, louder, love it. Super cool. So this teacher, every morning before school starts, holds up a mirror, and each student walks in, and, and says, gives himself I am on the mirror. On gives himself a positive affirmation. Yeah. The mirror says, "I am" up top. That's super cool. And she screams at them to just say it louder and to just go for it. And God, I think that's such a important thing, especially for young kids. Man, I I, I could not imagine being a young kid right now, like a young kid in school with. Oh, with, gotta, gotta wear a mask. <clears throat> you like it's already hard enough to read people and to figure out where you should be and who you should be in school, especially at a young age. And then with masks on the entire time, so you can't read. Throughout the pandemic, that's one thing that's been super highlighted to me is how much I need people's mouths. Mm-hmm. Like you can you. You, you think you can read people's eyes, but I think what's happening is while you're looking in their eyes, you're yeah. actually picking up their mouth movement. Yeah. Like peripherally, even though you're looking them in the eyes, when you only look people in the eyes and they have a mask on, I can't read yeah. what, how you're feeling. I know. It's crazy. Um, so being a kid in today's climate, not only with everything it means to be a young adolescent, but also going through a pandemic... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I think what a, what a great way to utilize the morning uh, yeah. to do. It's funny how how much those things, like when you're young, can seem stupid or lame or like a task. Yeah. But how imprinted you can be at that age by by what you've done. I still remember how to like name, date, title heading, the top the right heading. side yeah. of my paper. Yeah. yeah. Like I still remember the order, yeah, all totally. of it. Social studies, yeah. Uh, the date, yeah, and repetitive national anthem, mm-hmm. not the national anthem. Excuse the me, pledge of allegiance. Pledge of allegiance I've yeah. hasn't haven't said it in at least twenty years. Yeah, could still recite it by heart. Yeah, um, ABCs <clears throat> are a little iffy. I lost yeah. the back half of times that. tables. Hit my head. I was playing <laughs> yeah. racquetball. Caught one in the eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think the people that are going to be the most notable humans from this pandemic are kids going through puberty during it mm-hmm. and their parents. Can you imagine what my experience was going through puberty when I was in school without a pandemic was already so wild and just like I needed to like get out and touch people and do things mm. and and I and I can't imagine what kids being stuck inside with like zoom classes going through that with their parents, like maybe having to work and not being able to like, you know, give them what they need. I feel like those are the, I I couldn't, I couldn't imagine having teenagers to begin with and as a parent, but being a teenager and and like needing to, to release and needing to kind of like get out and and be sexual and do all the things that I was doing at that time Mm. uh, would be so awful to just be trapped with yeah that to, feeling yeah to tag on to that teachers as well teachers who have taught through this and and traversed the craziest landscape in the last hundred years for social gatherings the way that they've managed through it and pulled it off is like 
you're either going to come out of that situation and not be a teacher anymore, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Yeah. Like I think definitely there's people who aren't cut out for teaching. I think that's a very special type of human who can pull that off and do it every day with passion and concern and presence. And, um, or you're going to have this population of teachers who are going to come out the other end of it and go, Oh my God, I'm so happy that like I can be around my kids and they can be together and not have to social distance and, and hug and, uh, not wear face masks. I can read their, I can't imagine like attempting to try and keep a kid focused on, or at least knowing like, is, is Julian focusing right now? I can't see his face. Yeah. It'd be hard, man. Zoom would, zoom would be just the worst. The worst. Cause also you can just like, I guess I was talking to somebody who was saying like, you, you can't black out your screen. You just have to keep it on the whole time, which I guess makes total sense. Keep your camera on. Keep your camera on. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah, just sitting there like you can you can do whatever you want because how do you manage a screen of twenty five kids in there and like make sure they're all yeah attentive? It's, it sounds awful, man. Did you ever have a did you ever have a teacher that like stuck out to you that you were completely uh, impressed by? Yeah, that? I had a teacher my junior and senior year named Mister Hogan who taught current world affairs. And I remember that was like a moment in my life where my understanding of the world like really started to develop. I think prior to that, my understanding of the world was so small. I mean, I grew up in such a small town and the only thing that mattered were my 15 friends and the sports I was playing, Mm -hmm. right? Like I, I had no understanding of how religion worked or how like you know monotheism worked mm-hmm. or poly- polytheism you know it's just all this information that lent itself towards the historical movement and i think honestly like that class and that teacher sort of started to make me think differently about christianity and and that thing that was just life mm-hmm. christianity was just it was like eggs and bacon to me. Mm-hmm. It was like, it just that's, was, what, it just was, was what you knew. It just was. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. just what it was. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I'm not, I wouldn't say that, you know, he, you know, pushed up against that in any way, shape or form, but he just was, he was, um, he was a super interesting teacher to learn from. And I think maybe he saw something in me that was like, there's more to you than just like the, what you are right now. There's more happening here. You have more, there's a, there's a deeper thing going on here. Um, then, than the way you're expressing yourself or, or the way you're seeing the world. And I think he maybe like took a shovel and started like unearthing a little bit of that. What a skill set to have to do that, to be able to do that for not, I I think you and I both are pretty good judges of character and can like see <laughs> what you're a terrible judge of what character. What are you talking about? <laughs> I am. Yeah. In bro. what regard? Okay, it depends. It depends on if you're right now in this moment, great judge of character. For when I'm drunk. Well, it was just like that's been a good amount of the time we've spent together. <laughs> Come on, you have a terrible judge of character. No. I think I under I think I understand a person, and can like see. I, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt, maybe. Exactly. And I'm like, this is this <clears throat> is your your best attribute, and as your friend, sometimes the most annoying attribute is you <clears throat> is you see the best in everybody, and until you see the reality of those people, which everybody has it. Uh huh. And then it's like shocking to you. <laughs> it's like I, I, yeah, this guy turned out to be terrible. I don't, I don't know what happened. No, this person- I think I recognize that people are dealing with something if they already are terrible, and I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because I'm, I understand that there is something more to that person yeah. than what is on the surface. It's, a, it's a great attribute to have, um, but <clears throat> when we're riding on the subway. 
it's like, bro, we we're gonna get off here in like two stops. Let's not dive into like freestyling this person's, things. you know, relationship with their dad. Right, right. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, we both have a great judging character. I Continue. Think, I interrupted I think, you. I think uh, to have to un- be able to understand pe- people is is one thing, but to be able to understand children. Mm. At, at a young age and and see that like like mr hogan right had mm-hmm. this had this ability to see through who you were at the age of 16 and say i think i can see that there's something more here stirring within you that's not just this relationship to god and this identity that you've created around your experience in life but there's something more to that thing and through what i'm going to educate you on you're going to be able to see that for yourself and to just have the and to just have like the the courage to do that with a young kid and to be able to just like find that and and, and pinpoint that and do that for them is such a is such a skill um that i that that i just admire so much in in teachers did you have a teacher like that yeah but i just like i was just such a by that time i think i think when you're 16, 17, 18, like what about like fourth grade, third grade? I, I don't, yes. I think they, my, all my teachers were really sweet and really nice. I remember a few of them that like I really liked, but I don't know, like none of them stick out to me. And I don't ever really remember being like that great of a student. I, I can't remember back to elementary school and like what my teachers really did for me um, anymore. Yeah. When you think back that far, what does it feel like? Like, I remember some sensory stuff. I remember, like, the staircase going up into my third grade class. I remember the layout of my third grade class. Uh, I can picture my teacher. Um, but I don't remember the ins and outs. Like, if you ask me what a day looked like when I was in second grade. Yeah. But what's funny is, like, third grade, I remember pretty well mm-hmm. fourth grade blank yeah fifth grade i couldn't even tell you who my teacher was for some reason it's always going back to third grade yeah and i don't know if that's like i met one of my best friends third grade year um and that relationship had brought brought me to our relationship uh brought me like encouraged me to move to seattle maybe it's that because yeah. that relationship with Tristan has blossomed into so many really powerful things. Yeah. I can remember kindergarten, which is weird. I can remember like the layout of the classroom in kindergarten. I kind of have a vague memory of my mom bringing me into kindergarten for the first day. But first grade, I couldn't tell you who my teacher was. Yeah. I, like I couldn't even tell you what the layout was. Yeah. It's interesting, man. I have like a, like a before divorce and after Mm. divorce relationship with my life where Mm. it's just like it's almost it almost doesn't even make sense i can't even really comprehend who i was up till fifth grade Mm -hmm. because so much of my life was developed after fifth grade because of like what was happening in in my like uh, intimate life and in familial life um so it's almost seems like a, it's almost all seems fake, mm. you know, to me to look back to like, like elementary school and stuff. Do you look back on your childhood prior or did you at one point, maybe you've come to terms with it now, but a few years after the divorce, did you look back on the, your life that you had prior to the divorce and be like, well, that was all a lie. Like that, that, that reality didn't exist. Yeah. I think that's what like got me into trouble thereafter because i was just like everything that i thought i was was not fake yeah crazy and so i was just like oh and then you know and then you have parents that are kind of like dealing with their own thing and brothers that are leaving the house and kind of just like by yourself i'm ready to do whatever i want to do do you think there's a time like a like if you're a if you get married and you have a family and you're like this for some reason the marriage you think is not working out but you have kids you have a family do you think there's a better time in the scope of your children's life 
for you to go, I think we need to like co-parent? Do you think it's when the kid is like one or do you think it's when the kid is like 17? Like when it, my mom's <clears throat> parents got divorced when she was 17, I think. And it broke her heart. Yeah. And I was like a 17. Man. Your mom's parents? My mom's parents. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm almost like, it's, it seems like it would be early in the kid's life because the kid would have no reference. Like once you get into like six, seven, eight, right? Yeah. Like your family nucleus is your yeah. entire life. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't speak to anything outside of what I know, but I f- have a feeling like we have a friend who's going through a divorce right now and uh, he was talking to me about, you know, his uh, child being, I think, two right now mm-hmm. and he and his gratitude towards the fact that she wasn't older mm. and, and knowing that, like, he's going to do his best to uh, make it a really safe and comfortable situation under the circumstances of that without having her like really understanding the, sure, the yeah. grasp and the reality of what that, yeah. the magnitude of what the hurt in that world actually is. But when you have a <clears throat> developed brain and you're aware of stuff, like I thought my family was perfect when they broke up. Yeah. I was like, nothing else, nothing else is, is like you didn't see your parents fight. Like they, were, they weren't volatile. <clears throat> they just did it in Spanish. So like that was like why I didn't know it. Oh, wow. So it was just like, Oh, they're just speaking in Spanish and whatever. Yes, they fought and stuff, but it was just like it was just part of everybody fights. Everybody fights, you yeah. know. It's like mom and dad are fighting, but it wasn't it like was never it like, wasn't a <clears throat> physical. It no, wasn't no, like, it was never like it was never something that I like noted and was just like, oh, this is concerning problems here. Yeah. Although there, you know, now in retrospect, there were so many, mm. but yeah, it's it's interesting to like to think about almost like. Uh, BD and AD <laughs> before mm. divorce and after divorce lifestyle um, and just like how much that shifted my life and again like <clears throat> it's interesting because I actually had dinner with my mom last night and I was talking to her about how I'm really trying to kind of rewrite my narrative now to not think like oh this affected me so much I was so traumatized by this and by that thing and it's more just like man I was so privileged and like this the circumstances although they weren't like awesome at the time still like I turned out to be a pretty good guy and like so many if if I look back on my life and realize that certain things needed to happen and certain things weren't like like my brothers didn't actually like traumatize me by beating me up by pulverizing me by punching like they didn't like we were just being brothers we grew up in a cul-de-sac we had a very privileged life we like Mm. actually there was a lot of love in the family in Mm. the house even though like we were fighting and, and my parents were divorcing like there was still a lot of love there and as far as dysfunctional families go where who every family is dysfunctional to some capacity we were awesome and if i can think about that then i'm like oh my life is is great and i don't i don't like use these these like anchor points to be like oh that's why i'm that's why i'm so fucked up well yeah i mean you you almost we almost go back into the past and utilize trauma, quote unquote trauma. Listen, I don't have really any legit trauma, but ultimately the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. You don't have a yeah, reference yeah, for anything totally. different. So to compare your experience <laughs> to somebody else's is pretty pointless. But at times I've utilized things that I would consider trauma as like excuses. Totally. And you can, I believe, legitimately reframe the way you look at certain things to change your outlook on the future, to change your expression, to change your thought process. And um, it's hard to do because, you know, it's easier to hide in the foxhole than it is to jump out and charge the front line. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, how you frame your existence and just how much time you spend looking back. I mean, we, I think humans spend so much time looking forward and looking back and, mm. and what we're all neglecting. searching for and what we're all neglecting is reality. Like we're, I wrote this thing. I, w- I wish I had it on my phone. I might be able to find it in my notes. Um, but essentially what I, uh, wrote on this plane I was 
going through, I think it was like my Saturn returns or something. I was 29. I was just like for about two weeks after this tour, it's funny. I got like bonkers sick. I got foot and mouth disease. Oh yeah. I remember that on this tour. And it was like the last half, like the last two weeks of the tour. I was taking a bunch of antibiotics. My hands and my feet were all peeling off, but I was like, but I still had to play. Not, I didn't have to play. I could have canceled shows, but like, I don't cancel shows. Yeah. I'd have like super glue my hands each night so I could play the guitar. It was pretty rough. And I finished the tour right around my 29th birthday. And I remember feeling this sense of leaving my body kind of, and just seeing myself from like 10,000 feet, seeing all these problems that were continuing in my life that I couldn't get a grip on. But being able to pull outside of my body for long enough to see like, okay, so the problem is that X, Y, Z, but you're the only person who knows yourself. The, you know yourself the best. And if you pull out and you see the way that you're executing your life, in this moment, I felt clarity towards like, that's the problem. The problem is, is that I'm not being honest. Yeah. I'm not being honest with people because I'm afraid of how they're going to feel. And it's for a fear of being liked. And the reason why I feel like I need to be liked is whatever you could therapize yourself. But ultimately that's where it comes from is my desire to be liked and loved. Right. Um, so I wrote this thing, essentially I was on his airplane, which is like most of my epiphanies come while I'm on an airplane. I was looking at the airplane down the aisle and everybody on the plane had their individual screen. Mm -hmm. It wasn't profound in any way, shape or form, but it really connected to what I was dealing with in that moment because I was kind of, I was listening to a lot of Eckhart Tolle as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about being the watcher. If you are feeling an emotion and you identify with that emotion, then you are that. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to pull far enough away and observe the emotion, almost like water going underneath the bridge, it doesn't take away from the emotion, but you're able to pull away far enough and look at the reason why you're feeling that emotion. You have a better angle at seeing why that emotion exists, seeing what's triggering that emotion, and then how to deal with that emotion. For so long, I was identifying as everything that I was feeling. And I never had that ability to pull out and be like, okay, in this moment, I'm anxious. Why am I being anxious in this moment? What is bringing on that anxiety? Before, it was just like, I was just in the emotion. I was just swimming in that chasm and then trying to you know lessen the blow of that anxiety or that pain or that strife with whatever like distraction or sedatives or or you know laughter or comedy like what however we whatever medicine we use on that plane as i'm as we're hurling through the air i'm seeing everybody on has a screen and nobody's talking Nobody's like interested at all in the miracle that is ha that we're all experiencing together, which is flying through the air at 800 miles an hour on a big tin bird. Makes sense. We're all desensitized to it mm -hmm. nowadays, but it was such an allegory for life. Yeah. We're all walking through this miracle, which is life. We're breathing. We're standing upright. We've got blood pumping through our bodies and somewhere in our bodies, unconsciously it knows when to split oxygen and blood. And if it did it any second later, we'd die. Mm -hmm. We're all walking through this miracle of balance and nature. And we're all glued into our own reality, our own screen, our own, we're directing and producing our own movie and negating the miracle that's happening around us. Unless it somehow finds its way in to like positively move our movie forward. In that moment, it was, it was just, I wrote this like full essay about it and, uh, I wish I could find it cause it was, no, it was, uh, it too, I really liked it, but it's it, that, that happens so often. And like, you can go back in your life and reframe everything. And instead of going, well, it was because the divorce and because of this, you could go, if it wasn't for the divorce, right? <clears throat> if it wasn't for, and, and pay gratitude and positive joy to those experiences, it helps you reframe stuff differently so that you can get a glimpse of like, oh, 
Because ultimately, you're just trying to be thankful for the moment, thankful yeah. for your presence. When you go back, if you're able to reframe, I think it helps you be thankful for what is happening now. Yeah. Um, and it's not always possible, but it's a good thing to remind yourself. It's me personally, like the watcher thing, <clears throat> learning that from the, the book's Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. He talks about the watcher. There's another one called Untethered Soul which talks about that as well, like pulling, pulling away from your emotion and seeing the emotion, seeing like, okay, I'm super sad right now. Like why am, what is happening in my life to make me, okay, I didn't get good sleep last night. I haven't been eating a balanced diet. Uh, I've been, uh, how much sugar have I had? Have I exercised? Have who in my life is like making me, you know, so that you can, you know, see that and, and attempt to try and navigate it rather than just like what, you know, the easy things we utilize towards, towards dulling those things. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is like, it's typically either other emotions or other states of being. Um, and you're not actually dealing with the root of the thing. Yeah. The root of the thing is going to keep coming back regardless of how much distraction we can pile on top of it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, I'm I'm definitely in that space right now of trying to reframe a lot of whatever my narrative has been. Have you ever time. thought about therapy? Have you ever thought I about did like therapy for a little while? You did? Um, yeah. And what did you think was, of it? Uh, I, it was fine. It was fine. I just I don't think I was with the right person. Mm. Um, I I was like talking with a, a woman out in New York who was cool and like nice but ultimately like not really challenging me or like pushing me i felt like i wanted somebody who was gonna like like call me out on my bullshit like no dude like shut the fuck up like i I needed like a drill sergeant almost Hmm. who was gonna like beat me down to build me up kind of thing and this woman was just like you're very self-aware and i was just like cool okay thanks um yeah i don't i would i would uh I wouldn't get turned off of it because you are super self-aware, but I, I notice you're constantly self-aware. Yeah. It's like it, it really, was, yeah. And it's scary, you know, cause I like think so much about and so deeply about myself and why I am the way I am that it's just like, if you go far enough into anything, you're going to find some dirty laundry, you know? And I'm like, I always land there. And then yeah, whenever can- I like make a decision that like, isn't, in my best interest, I like beat myself up for it. And it's, and then I, and then I think about it and I think, why am I beating myself up for it? And through that process, I find reasons to beat myself up for beating myself up. It's just like, geez, man. Yeah. It must Um, be exhausting. I think we should move on to a, that was uh, cool though, man. That was a, that was a really cool, um, little segment that we hope so. I mean, yeah, who knows? I blacked out. How good's this? I love this. The happynews.com. Yeah, it's the best. There's there's so news, many cool there's so many cool places to find there's good. There's so news. much real estate in the world for happiness. Mm-hmm. It's just not what we're looking for. And it's not I what know. we see. Like we rarely think about all the times we've driven on the freeway and it's gone okay. Yeah, it's like if there's a wreck, a bender, a, see sirens. You like you're gonna slow down and watch Look. it, right? Because we're our defense mechanism is constantly on alert, right? But there's so much <clears throat> uh, positivity out there that you can actually find on the internet. Happynews.com, ladies and gentlemen, some bunch of good stories up there. Um, this is one of them. This is great. Boaters save dog swimming alone in the open ocean and find his owner. Boaters in Florida couldn't believe it when they saw a dog struggling to swim in the open ocean. Bryn Crowell immediately dove into the water and rescued the poor dog who has his owner's contact number on the collar. I'm glad that's stuck there. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Uh, the group was able to reunite Zuko with his owner who said the dog fell into the water without their knowledge. That's crazy. Right, let's talk about these owners really quick of this dog who didn't know their dog had fallen off the boat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but did the dog fall off the boat or fell like well, with off the owner who said the dog fell into the water without their knowledge. Oh, maybe fell off. The, I mean, I don't know. They said in the open ocean, right? Is that, isn't that right? They're on a boat alone in the open ocean. So they're in the, yeah, they're not off a some, dock in a lake. Might be a little bit of negligence there. <clears throat> a lot of negligence. From the, from the owners. Now listen, okay. I've got, Two dogs. They're. Dead. I got a kid. Yeah. Uh, 
I've got a boat full of my homies. <laughs> You're um, drinking some Zoom Zimas and some Carlo Rossi. You're maybe not even drinking. Maybe I'm dead sober, bro. And <laughs> and Ricky Lake goes in. She she's not doing anything besides going straight to the she bottom. She would go straight to the bottom, actually. Yeah. Yeah. There's no finding Ricky Lake. That's kind of crazy that the dog though was still just like swimming. I out. wonder how long it was. That yeah. the dog was actually out there just afloat trying to swim. What if the boat, like, that it, what if <laughs> they're like, oh, we just, we need a story. You know how it happens, like, a lot in regular news cycles where they, like, they'll change the headline so that it seems way more sensational yeah. or way more, like, they're just clickbait. Right. What if Happy News has clickbait as well? And they're like, <laughs> the boat that they got the dog from was just, like, 15 feet away from <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, like, we saw, he's just right there. It was. He's our the, friend. The boat <laughs> owner. It's actually their dog. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we just need a story. Yeah, Give yeah. us Zuko. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get ad dollars. It's actually just, like, a guy. It's like, this is a writer for the for the news right, he just, right. just took a picture of himself carrying uh, his dog that's hilarious with some ripples in the ocean yeah it's yeah. funny how we like uh, naturally look i've been doing it quite a bit recently about you know cnn or like mm -hmm. fox news like all these news stations that they have to like generate interest totally because they're 24 hour like media companies right yeah. and so man there's sometimes where maybe there just isn't any news yeah Maybe there's nothing happening that, but it's seemingly the news cycle has become more sensationalized right. in the last 30 years. Right. It makes sense. Um, and it's funny how you read like a, the positive story. Right. And there's no like, well, there's nothing to sell here. Yeah. There's just like a positive story. It's yeah. like, wait a minute. That's like, spin this. You can't, I mean, you could give it, but, but either way, this is, this is great. I uh, I wonder what kind of that looks like a Jack Russell Terrier, bro. Yeah, he was cruising, dog. Yeah, Jack Russell's small paws, but small paws, buoyant, sturdy, sturdy brains. Yeah. Um, what kind of dog would you have if you had one, Jules? Uh, I don't think I would have one, but I feel like we saw a golden retriever the other day, and I thought that would be nice. And then a German Shepherd. Um, I don't know many dogs, but um. But I like those big ones, man. I like I like a nice pit bull. We've had some good pit bulls in our in our lives. We got goose, and then we got baby. God rest mm -hmm. her soul. Um, yeah, big dogs are. Um, I like big dogs now. I had small dog when I was growing up. Mario one and Mario two Bowser's Revenge. Yeah, and they were Yorkshire Terriers, and they were fucking idiots. Did you ever meet them? Uh, I never met Bowser's Revenge or Mario One. Yeah, no, they were they were bad. I mean, they were sweet dogs. They'd come like they they had all they did was love. They didn't they didn't have any any training. They had no they had no brain whatsoever. Uh -huh. And they were just like you'd hear them just running down the stairs. We'd have sleepovers down at my mom's house, and Mario would go run down the stairs and you hear him at like seven o'clock in the morning you come down and just like start licking your face like up your eyelid and uh, pulling your eyelid up it's like god looking in your mouth like, god mario, mario get off me just smelled like poop because he'd been eating his own poop oh yeah <laughs> it's like god probably damn. never got a bath never got a bath just ratty dreadlocks and like he was I, I was the responsible one for him but i was in high school man he just like poop poop under our pool table and we would never i would never clean it up so it just turned into these little like petrified poopies Oh god, it was awful. Oh, um, yeah. I didn't realize it was one of these. It didn't have long hair though. It was kind of like this Yorkshire Terrier on the left here. Yeah. Was it brown and oh, and black and gray like that? Yeah. Yeah. My dogs don't lick. L Ricky licks my shins all oh, day long. Right. Okay. Sorry. Licks your shins, but like won't kiss. Like you know, normally like want, most dogs, <laughs> you like hold them up to your face and you like you give them smooches and they'll Bro, give you smooches her, back. Yeah. Our dogs won't do it. She's probably self-conscious of her breath because it is so bad. No, I just wonder if it's a bulldog thing. Because hmm. neither of them. Chunky doesn't like either, huh? Chunky yeah. doesn't give smooches. No. Yeah, right. It's weird. I'm all all dogs I've ever been around would lick the bejesus out of your face if you gave them that that yeah ability, and they haven't done. They never do it. Yeah, but man. she loves a good ankle. Man, does she supple. suck my ankle? Great thing happened last night as we we're watching Ted Lasso, the greatest show on ever, the greatest show of all time. I'll throw it in: greatest TV show in the last twenty five years. That's a big statement. Like my favorite TV show in the last twenty five years. I'm trying yeah. to think of a of a TV show that is not based in reality 
Yeah. That is like, I love true stories. I'm all about true stories. Right. But uh, most of the nonfiction, excuse me, fictionized TV is like dark and violent. Mm-hmm. Or it's like it's friends or something. Right. I liked Seinfeld a lot. Um, but there's so much more happening in Ted Lasso. Like sure. the depth of character that they are developing in that show. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yet they're still making sure that they're spinning it in a positive light. Yeah. It's so good. Anyways, we're watching last night. Ricky's sitting to my left in between me and Taz. Julian sits down on the far right of the couch. This made me so happy. (laughs) Ricky gets up as Julian sits down, leaves where we're sitting, goes around (laughs) us onto the ottoman, and then goes and sits next to Julian. And Julian despises her. I don't despise <laughs> Ricky. Do. You have so much disdain She's just like, for my she, white bulldog, uh, no, Ricky. I like, don't. and she loves you so I, much. I I love Ricky. I just feel like she's just like it's just a weird relationship, right? It's a very she, weird relationship because like, there's no love given from your side of the it's like, island. It's, look, it's like it's like if Ricky was an actual like like it's girl. like girl, yeah, a girl yep. that was like a, an attached girl that was just like. That I wasn't really attracted to, yep. that like I didn't really like, yep. and she just kept coming yep. over to me at the skate deck and was just like giving me flowers and like bringing you milkshakes. Yeah, bringing me milkshakes, like buying me like candy grams and stuff. I'd be like fixing your hair. I told you like I don't want to date you. Like I'll get look, I'll I'll give you some love, I'll give you some hugs, but like I'm not trying to like you know do you up. I'm not trying to like take you out. I'm not trying to like have a relationship with you. And the whole time she's just like I don't want that kind of relationship. I'm like we I can just, be friends. I just she's like, really no. like you. She's like I'm trying to get down and I'm no, like no 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 no. She wants to be my girlfriend and I'm just like look we can be friends. It does seem very familiar to that sort of scenario. I think both, I've I had that scenario in like middle school. Same. Definitely some some girls that like I was not trying to be with you know, we sat next to each other mm-hmm. in history, yeah. and they were funny. Mm-hmm. They were super funny. We got along really well, but it wasn't like that. Yeah. And they thought it was like that, yeah. and I was just like, dude, I don't want to break your heart. That's what Ricky feels I like I really <laughs> like our friendship, but yeah. I, don't, I don't have the capacity relationship-wise to like let you down easy because I'm 10. <laughs> I don't, I'm not equipped right now with the social awareness to like not break your heart in this moment, but I'm not trying to go with you to Sadie Hawkins dance. Oh, bro. That's just, really what your relationship with Ricky yeah. looks like. And I love seeing it from afar. I bet. Cause it's oh, fun it's when you're fun, not the person bro, that's doing it. Funny. Did you go to dances with girls when you were in middle high school? So the one time I wasn't allowed to go to dances, but the really? one, t- yeah, I wasn't allowed. What's the, what's the logic behind that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Ten-year-old kids rubbing their genitals together to Nelly. Have you listened to any of like the hip-hop music? Yeah, I mean, my brothers were the DJs of those dances, which was awful. I mean, I it totally made. Now, with my kids, I'd be like, "What are you going to do?" Right? Like, you just kind of throw up your hands. Well, my parents actually tried. Yeah, and to think logically about it, you're like, "Hmm, my kids." Like barely old enough to tie his shoes, yet we're gonna send him into a dark room while his prepubescent balls are just those shaps, barones jumping around like a blackjack, <laughs> like a like a black cat fireworks pad, and then be like, oh, you know what'd be a great idea? Let's play some Bone Thugs in Harmony <laughs> and let them grind on each other like. When I was a kid, I was like, everybody gets to go. <laughs> Why can't I go? And because my parents were like, because we know the truth. Yeah, we're not we're not living in a, a illusion that an illusion. Yeah, dude, you should have seen like the sixth grade girls in my middle school. I was in the same thing, grinding, bro. I was grinding. It'd be one thing if we were like, we we're just all like, yeah, yeah, you know, if we were all doing the macarena. Yeah, you know, it'd be one thing. No, dude, like the Valley Girls were getting down. Yeah, like they were getting like knocked up. Like a few years later, huh? A few years later, they were getting knocked up. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, not the Valley Girls necessarily, but like, yeah, there were some people having babies like freshman, sophomore year. Wow, 
And you know how you avoid that? Not going to the Don't school listen dance. to Nelly before the age of eighth dance? grade. Um, God, it'd be so interesting. To yeah, watch I mean, you. I don't. I just, I have no idea, dude. I, I Rudy was freaking out for like three and a half hours at bed last night, and I was like, I'm so not equipped for this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why your, somebody gave me this thing. Your your mom was over at at your house the other night, and uh. Rudy wanted like some. I said I had said like he was like, "What are you? What 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 are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm having some bites." And then that's like the wrong thing to say because right. then he's like, "I want some bites. I want, I want bites some bites too." And your mom was just like, "Well, let's give him some bites." And then I was like, "I don't think we're supposed to." And then you came up and he was like wanting more bites, and you were like, "Sorry, bud. Like we can't have any bites. Like it's time for bed." And well, he didn't eat his dinner, and he didn't eat his dinner. So yeah. like you were you were just like, "Mom, like." You know, I, she was like, "Why don't you just give him some bites?" He's, you were like, I, I, "I can't." Like he's having dinner. Just, she's like, "Alan, just give him some bites." You're just like, "Mom, I don't fucking know what I'm doing here." Like, <laughs> what are you like I don't know. All right, just go, go, no, no, no. Break. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what I want to expand. I want to expand on that because it was really funny. <laughs> Mom goes, um, uh, "She goes, well, because oh, she was gonna babysit for Rudy for the first." For the first time, we were going to leave town, and yeah. it was just going to be my mom and Rudy, mm-hmm. which is like a big step for your first kid. Yeah. And so Rudy's like, I want bites, daddy. I want bites. I'm like, sorry, buddy. You didn't eat your dinner. You can have, you can have your dinner, which is pizza. There's some good stuff there. Pizza, beans, all this stuff. No, I want bites. Sorry, bud. That's not how it goes. And then mom kind of came into the tail end of that. And she's like, why don't you give him some bites? I'm like, well, he didn't eat his dinner. And she goes, oh, okay. You know, I don't want to overstep. I want to like come into your home and help raise your child with you not like yeah. push against it and i was like mom listen you do whatever you want you're the grandparent like grandparents can spoil the kid as much as they want it's fine she's like no no no. i don't want to do that you know just tell me what to do and i said listen mom here's a scoop i have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm going strictly off instinct here yeah, yeah. and for the most part for the first 34 years of my life my instinct has been fucking awful <laughs> Same uh, thing last night. Last it's night, it eleven so o'clock funny. at night. He's supposed to go to bed at eight. So we started putting him down at eight. I know, I know. He's having a tantrum for three hours. I'm just like, I am not. I don't know why. Why does this thing below my belt work? <laughs> yeah. If I am this unequipped to yeah. raise the child, when he gets to the age of like his hormones going on, his voice is changing, bro. I'm still gonna be just as unequipped to know oh, yeah. what the heck to do. I'm just gonna kind of blindly go through it and act on instinct and most probably 50 percent of the time that instinct's gonna be wrong um how do we start talking about school dances uh because i was using ricky lake as uh oh right like comparing so her you, you to would ask me if i was I if i was allowed with. to go to school dance yeah the one time i went to a school dance this is like pre me when i was in high school my folks let me go to dances because uh-huh. i like had a girlfriend that like i was reasonably good with you know like i wasn't acting out and so i think they were like i think he'll be okay but in middle school i wasn't allowed to go to dances you know like we had these like school dances that were like during school session so it wasn't like go home come back it was like during the school time so i was like oh my parents won't know because they don't know there's a school dance right now i'm gonna go to the school dance so i go to the school dance and uh there's this um girl in our class called evie her name's evie yeah and she had down syndrome Mm -hmm. and so we had this dancing game called snowball where like two people would start in the middle and they would slow dance together you know they're playing like garth brooks or something Mm -hmm. which song uh i don't i don't know it was great though (laughs) and uh and then the teacher would blow the whistle like you know 15 seconds into the song and you'd go find another partner Mm-hmm. random person it was a great idea to like okay get everybody to like right. dance with each other and so i started in the middle i was the first person and i went over and i asked evie to dance with me that was the oh, first geez. person that i asked and it was like me being like trying to be nice and cool this is a one dance i go to right one dance i get home that night <laughs> and dad uh he pulls me aside and he goes you go to the dance today i was like oh shit yeah (laughs) the reason why he found out is because a teacher called my dad and told him how great she thought that was that i pulled evie aside she was like 
what a great kid you have. He did yeah. this to Evie. Yeah. And like bragging about me yeah. to my dad. But you felt like you were And my dad, that's how my dad Walking. found out that I had done the, that I had disobeyed him, right? So I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I did, I win, I did, I do know. <laughs> so I had to go up to my room. I'm like getting prepped to like, you know, get grounded or something, yeah. whatever. And he comes up and he tells me, he's like, hey, a teacher called me and, and told me what you did. And uh, I'm proud of you. That was a good thing to do but I don't want you going to dances, okay? <laughs> and so I, I couldn't go anymore, but it's like this juxtaposition. Yeah. I was like, so, so, so I ain't getting a belt. <laughs> uh, I'm getting a belt? Uh, uh, yeah, it's going to no, I, ra- I rarely got the belt. I want everybody to know at home who's listening to this. I, I rarely got the strap. I got, I got some wooden spoons for sure, dude. Bro, I got some wooden paddles. Broke, I, broke over my butthole. I got the belt a couple times. The belt was rough. My dad had this trick, like when he was getting upset, he would take the belt and fold it into itself. He would do it more as a joke, but he could snap it. Yeah. And that's when you knew, like if you were acting up, you hear that and you go, okay, yeah, (laughs) I'm good. Yeah, man. You know, discipline, discipline in your children was a different game. Bro, it's weird. We're, me and Taz were talking about it last night, and I was like, okay, I realize Rudy's young. He's yeah. two, but he has no understanding of consequence. Yeah. Because, like, we, he, I don't think he's old enough to understand, like, time out or, okay, we're going to take this away from you. You're not going to get this. And also, he's so damn cute mm-hmm. that we always relent, mm-hmm. right? So we're always like, whatever you want, you can have, okay, what do you want? Some bites, all right, yeah. you know? And so last night we're talking, we're like, how do we instill that? How do we instill an understanding of like action and retribution, right? Mm-hmm. When you do things, for it's physics 101. For every action, there's an equal or greater reaction. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes when you do an action, what the retribution of that action is a negative thing. You want to stay away from those things. How do you instill that in a child without like physical... Like I was physically reprimanded, right? Right? Like I was spanked, or I was—I um, rarely got grounded because it didn't work on me. Like my sister, she would—if you just even looked at her, like you were disappointed, she would fold in tears, and she would. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. You know, like that's all it took. Right. Me, bro, you had to beat the demons out of me. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm like, how do we? I I think it's gonna come. I think we'll figure it out eventually. Like how. Yeah to best teach and rear our son to understand the consequence of the world he exists within. Um, but I feel so unequipped, bro. I feel like well, I was, uh, blind. I was, I was, um, I don't know if proud is the right word. I was, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about last night. I know. I, I uh, was proud. I, I, I think I like admired your uh willingness to stick with it and to just like because like i knew how frustrated you were with the situation but the lovingness that came out of you and like the the like the time that you were able to just continue to like be like i have no idea how long this is gonna last because he would get quiet and seemingly like start to kind of like subside and rest and then it would build back up again and he would get crazy and, you know, I was at one point I was just like, dude, why don't you just like maybe leave him in his room and see if he like oh, falls we tried asleep. That. I know. But Four like, times. but I forget that like he can now get up out of his bed and like come and just like open his door and walk out. Um, it's not like putting him in his crib and like he's stuck there to fend for himself. Right. But like, I don't know, man. Like th- these are the questions that I like. I, I, I came upstairs and sat with you guys for 15 minutes and was just like, man, I don't know what to do here. Like, I mean, I, obviously I don't have to know what to do, but like. And neither do you. And when you say I'm, I'm ill-equipped for all this stuff, I, I, we all, everybody is, man. And it's, I don't know. It's I, I admired you guys just sticking with it throughout the three and a half hours that it took. And yeah, I think ultimately that's it. Is just sticking with it. But what I noticed is like towards the end of that experience, towards the end of that tantrum, I just started joking around. Yeah, I just started like being like jovial yeah whereas the two and a half hours before i was like it's time to go to bed you were just getting like kind of sarcastic just like yeah fine whatever man you want to you want to get rid of the dogs you want to get rid of the pups all right 
Boom. The pups are gone. Pups are gone. Pups are gone. No longer. Never again. Disappeared. Three, two, one. <laughs> poof. They're yeah. gone forever. No, I'm never. Go- he was saying this thing last night that was so heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. <laughs> he was like literally crying for three hours. And he was like, I'm never going to be happy anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And a couple of times he would like, like, like stutter and like hiccup into himself. Like I'm never going to be happy. It's <laughs> just like oh, I was crying at one point. Like I was tearing up. Uh, it was crazy, man. It's, yeah, it's so towards the end. I mean, it, it, that is interesting, though, right? Like when I think that's just a maybe a lesson for life. Like one of my favorite Bible verses growing up was "A kind word turns away wrath." I think it's a proverb. And it's so true. Like when you go into an emotional state, an emotional situation that kind of mirrors what's being tossed at you, it's only going to heighten the situation. When you jump into an argument, if you're going to come, like I talk that way a lot when I'm trying to get a point across, like I get aggressive almost and it doesn't help. It, 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 I don't think in that situation last night with the tantrum, it helped. I don't think when you're discussing ideas, it helps. I don't think when you're like, it's like your ego gets in there and you're like, well, I'm powerful and yeah. I'm going to utilize my power to yeah. powerfully headlock this situation into place. Right. It's like kindness and calm like is such a better frequency totally. to operate from. And it was so apparent in that situation last night. Like once I got calm and, and easy he went right asleep he went fell asleep right in my arms mm-hmm. and it was the moments where i was just like no 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 i'm gonna power lift this situation into submission <laughs> that it just escalated yeah and uh that i mean it feels like a black and white binary solution that you know duh al right but yeah. like it's not well it's not because it's not your natural inclination Right, and also, like, next time you try that, it might not work. Exactly, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Totally the truth. Next time it will not work. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's the episode. That's the episode. Uh, We love you so much. I hope that um, if you're listening to this, I hope you're getting something out of it. it, If not just knowing us better, um, hopefully we're talking about ideas and things that feel connected to to your situation in your life we love you thank you for listening please like and subscribe not only on the youtube page but uh on wherever you get your podcasts tell your friends and if you want exclusive new content um we do this wonderful thing that we're going to do right after i conclude the show it's called the good goss we cover all of the craziness that's happening in the world um but it's only it's only available on our patreon patreon.com slash live at the lodge you can get episodes of this podcast there you can get the full video a week early um and you also get uh, episodes of our other show live at the lodge which is up and running there it's a musical show um a lot of great stuff is happening check out live at the lodge dot com a slash no no <laughs> sorry I, I, I didn't get much sleep again. last night try it again patreon.com slash live at the lodge all right love you guys love you guys Bye. how good's this how good this how good this how good's this <laughs> <laughs> yeah